everybody. Welcome to another episode of Courtside with Venus and Tennis, part of the Tennis Channel Podcast Network. We have with us today a Texas A&M lifer. This guest played his collegiate tennis for the Aggies in the early 90s. He later served six years as a volunteer coach for the, A&M, for the A&M's women's team before being hired as the women's assistant coach in 2007, and then eventually becoming the head coach for the women's team on July 30th, 2015. Please welcome to the pod, Texas A&M women's head tennis coach, Mark Weaver. Coach, thank you for uh, taking time and uh, speaking with me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. So, I I mean, obviously, I got to start with the question I've been asking every one of my guests right now. It's truly a unique time dealing with um, COVID-19. How are you holding up? Yeah, holding up just fine. Uh, definitely some unusual times uh, for myself and everyone. And uh, yeah, just trying to make the best of the situation here. Uh, certain days are, are busier than others. Some, some days I have quite a few uh, Zoom meetings and uh, <laughs> other types of phone calls. And then other days, what world am I doing today? So, right. But uh, we. Uh, now, do you have any of your players on campus yet or no? We have a couple of players that have been around the town for the most part. Uh, they haven't been allowed to use our facilities uh, just yet, uh, not our tennis courts at least. They just started letting the, the players, the athletes, uh, start using the fitness. So we started that on the June 8th. So um, uh, they've been uh, working out a little bit here, but we're not actually allowed uh, to, to be with them just yet. So Right. Well, slowly but surely, hopefully things will start getting back to whatever this uh, new normal is going to be. So I know we're going to get to um, present day of what you're doing now um, with your team and all that you've been doing at Texas A&M, but I'm curious to know uh, your beginnings and how you started in the sport and obviously um, – you did some great work because you were being recruited by real good schools. So why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about your uh, journey when it once it all started? Yeah, I got started uh, when I was about five years old. I grew up in uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. I was born and raised there. Uh, went uh, all the way through high school in, in Shreveport. So I uh, got started by my father. Uh, my dad, he really didn't take a tennis until his early 30s or so and uh you know tennis was very popular back then with you know had guys like Borg and Connors and McEnroe and uh yeah, it was very popular in Shreveport at, at, during those years of growing up and uh yeah my dad started me we would walk down or drive to the local junior high school Broadmoor junior high school we used to practice on the uh the, the gray uh, concrete tennis courts that looked kind of like parking lots with the chain league nets. And uh, we, we would go almost every day uh, for about an hour or so. And uh, I played my first tournament when I was eight years old and, uh, in Natchitoches, Louisiana. I actually won my first tournament I ever played on my grandfather's birthday. So, oh, nice. Um, so I grew up in Shreveport and, uh, yeah, I played in the southern section. The southern section was very, very uh, tough uh, competition back then. Uh, the other guys, Chris Woodruff, a very familiar name in tennis. Uh, he was just a tad bit younger than me, but uh, we, we grew up playing each other all through the juniors. We had some very, very strong players in, in the Southern section there. So, Well, I mean, obviously you had a heck of a junior career, right? I mean, you're not going to get recruited by the schools you were getting recruited to without having some success. What were some of the um, highlights that, that you really um, were proud of growing up? Well, I was uh, fortunate enough. Uh, Louisiana wasn't necessarily the strongest uh, 
state in the in the nation. So I was always the, the top ranked player in, in Louisiana, at least in, in my older uh, division. Whenever I would uh, be that, what we'd call the second year of your right. division, I was always the, the top player in in the state. So you know that was something that probably helped my confidence a lot, even though maybe the competition wasn't that strong. It made me kind of feel good about myself and maybe thought I was even a little better <laughs> than I was and uh, I, I did fairly well on the southern this, this circuit and then and the national tournaments I did well but not that great until I had kind of a nice growth for around maybe 15 16 years old I, I started working a bit in the gym and uh, kind of grew into my feet I, I always kind of had big feet uh, size of 14 <laughs> shoe I, I wear and uh, I know my parents got me in the soccer for a few years it kind of helped me with my coordination and my footwork and uh, you know I can still remember my dad and I uh, just hitting at the junior high school courts he would put up four ball cans on the court and put a dollar bill underneath it and then anytime I hit hit it with my serve I got a dollar bill so my my serve became kind of my strength and my weapon and uh, that, that really kind of opened lot of doors for me and uh, did pretty well during the really the most important years of when you're getting recruited by uh, universities and, and developed my serve and ultimately really helped me be a successful college tennis player. So what were uh, and obviously money is always a great incentive so good move by your dad right there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what were some of the schools that you were most interested in and they were maybe interested in you and ultimately um, why did A&M win out? Yeah, my main, uh, my, all my visits were I started out at uh, Rice University as my first visit. I kind of have a somewhat funny story. I'll go back to that story in a second. But Rice University and Wake Forest were a couple of my first visits. And I went to Ole Miss uh, and LSU. And you know, growing up in Louisiana, if you're an athlete, you're kind of supposed to go to LSU. But uh, I really felt like A&M was the right fit for me and uh, I left coach Kent I played for David Kent and uh, he was a great man and uh, I just felt very comfortable uh, with him and uh, yeah going back to the Rice University story uh, I was at, uh, on campus there at uh, in Houston and uh, they took me to the football game and of course uh, they actually played the Super Bowl at the Rice University uh, way back when I forget what exact year it was so it's kind of a neat stadium but uh you know as a lot of people know rice is a very very good academic school it's a small school i think you know they only have around three thousand students but there's probably only about three thousand rice students and about fifty thousand aggies you know at rice university in houston and uh oh by the way the aggies won i think 60 to 10 or so but uh i actually hadn't been talking to texas a&m a whole lot uh, but, but it was just kind of funny how that actually did did work out and uh, I have a, a, a really funny recruiting story to Texas A&M uh, you know back then we didn't necessarily we didn't we obviously didn't have cell phones or all the internet and all the social media so we really didn't get a lot of phone calls and uh, I can remember my girlfriend uh, from high school was going to go visit Texas A&M and uh, the, the school will leave unnamed in Austin, <laughs> University of Texas. We actually went to, uh, to visit there. And uh, so we showed up on campus at Texas A&M and we were watching the men's tennis team practice and just sitting up in the stands. And uh, Coach Kent was down there. We hadn't met yet. So he didn't know what I looked like or anything. So he 
just starts talking to us uh, from down below, looking up at us in the stadium. And he, he says, oh, where are you guys from? And from Shreveport, Louisiana. And he says, oh, there's this really good tennis player from Shreveport, Louisiana. And I said, oh, really, who's that? And he said, Mark Weaver. And I said, I'm Mark Weaver. So that's, uh, so he kind of ran up in the stands and uh, that's kind of how it all I got started. And then I eventually went back on an official visit with my family and just fell in love with the campus and, and Coach Kent. So it's kind of funny how it all worked out. That is too funny. Yeah. Th- thanks for sharing that. It's amazing how things like that happen. You obviously had um, tremendous success when you were playing at, at A&M. You, uh, you, you led them to the, what was it? The, it was the Southwest Conference at the time, right? You led them to their first Southwest Conference championship. Also won the 1994 um, Southwest Conference number one doubles title. And I believe you still have the record with a uh, .805 career winning percentage in doubles at, at the team. Does that still hold up? I think it still holds up. There's definitely been some uh, better players that have played there since, since me. Austin Krychek, uh played at A&M, and he was NCAA doubles champion. And yep. he's around top 40 in the world in doubles right now. And Jackson Withrow is doing quite well as well. They play all the grand slams. But I do believe that the percentage record still holds up. And, uh, yeah, I was very fortunate uh, that I was able to leave with, with uh, helping the team win our first Southwest Conference title. And that was a pretty strong conference back then. We still had Texas and TCU were powerhouses. And uh, really every team in there was, was quite strong. Even Arkansas was – was in there and uh yeah i was fortunate enough actually won the southwest conference singles my junior year and then won it the doubles my senior year and actually didn't have quite as well of an individual year my senior year as i did my junior year but when we won the team it was so much more rewarding than when i had won it in the the singles or, or even the, the the doubles and uh, we were um upset tcu in the finals um they were ranked, I believe, three in the nation, so it wasn't really a win we were expecting uh, to win, and that was quite a rewarding feeling, and to win it for uh, Coach Kent, and uh, it, yeah, it was a great feeling. Winning the team title was so much more rewarding than any of the individual titles, and that's just one of the things I oftentimes, not necessarily that story, but just tell recruits. It's, it's one of the few times, you know, tennis is such an individual sport, and uh, one of the few times you're going to get to play for a team unless you're fortunate enough to play Fed Cup or Davis Cup. Uh, the team experience is just uh, such a fun time. Well, you summed up college experience, uh, the, the college tennis experience to a T there. Like, you could accomplish all these individual accolades, and, and yes, it is amazing. But, uh, like, you summed up, when you do something as a team, it's so much more cooler and so much more fun. Uh, you get to celebrate together. So, you obviously loved it so much, you, you really didn't leave. But there was a, a short – uh, time where you did leave, you tried to play the professional um, tour for a little bit. You you had success. I think you won like ten doubles titles in the Futures and Challenger um, circus, right? I did. I did fairly well my first year. I actually um, I spent an extra year. It took me five years to actually graduate. I, I never went to summer school, so I uh, actually spent my. I was always playing tournaments in the summer and uh, some pro tournaments in the summer and. I actually spent my whole fifth year of school teaching a country club just to save up some money. Uh, it's such an expensive sport to, to travel on when you're trying to make it on the pro circuit. So actually, I was still practicing with the team, so I'm trying to keep my, my game sharp. And uh, I, I, did, I did graduate in May of 
95 and uh, yeah we kind of won my first doubles tournament right off the bat and uh, had some pretty good success in the doubles I kept trying to want to make it in the singles doubles at the time just there was hardly any money involved and very little notoriety so I kept trying to still make it in the singles in hindsight I, I probably should have focused on the doubles more I, I think my doubles game was getting better and better my singles game was probably getting a little uh, weaker and weaker as as time was passing but it was definitely some enjoyable days um i was kind of one of those things i had to do it to get it out of my system and uh glad i did it and have no regrets and yeah that's something that you know kids these days uh, i think you've got to you've got that itch in you you, you got to go out and do it and, and uh just so you don't ever look back and say oh i wish i had given it a good shot there Absolutely. I mean, I, my, my saying, right, you only live once, right? If you have a chance to do something that you, that you think you want to do, go do it, especially at that young age. I mean, it's not like you're, you know, settled down with the whole family yet. You got a, a mortgage and all these things. If you want, you have a unique opportunity to do something very, very few people have the chance to do. Why not go out and try it? So uh, kudos to you for doing that. And again, you had some success, but at the end of the day, something about Texas A&M, lured you back in um you started out as a volunteers um, volunteer assistant for a while you then were the assistant and now you're the head coach what was that like how who lured you back in obviously you had that love of the school but who were your mentors or was this something that you thought you wanted to do maybe when you were ending uh playing professionally well, I can still have a still a vivid memory of when I was on the tennis team. Uh, I believe it was my junior year. I think it's maybe even maybe my fall of my senior year of just being out on the practice courts there and just thinking I wanted to be a college coach one day and, and definitely wanted to be the coach at, at Texas A&M one day. So I did have that in me. I, I think a lot of that was influenced by, by Coach Kent. Uh, unfortunately, Coach Kent passed away a few years back. Uh, we were uh, – great relationship when I was on the team and and uh, when I did move back we became uh, even better friends then but I can think back to, to my playing days of, of wanting to be a college coach and uh, so I kind of always had it in my blood and uh, I lost maybe track of that a little bit when I went off to play and uh, I was just very fortunate when I knew my time was done on, on the pro circuit I trying to figure out my life and what what course uh, I wanted to, to take exactly. And uh, so I actually did have a great job offer, uh, Briarcrest Country Club in, in Bryan, Texas, which is the connecting city to College Station. Uh, they offered me the director of tennis job there. And it was really a great uh, job. I had a nice salary and, and they gave me just a whopper of a deal that really couldn't pass up and, and uh, I had a good relationship with the women's tennis coach at the time, Bobby Klonicky. Uh Coach Klonicky was the head coach for 26 years and he was the, the coach when I was on the team uh, and he and my coach David Kent were great friends and uh, so I knew that uh, going back I could kind of get my foot in the door and uh, I was fortunate enough to be his volunteer coach for for, yeah, six, seven years or so, and uh, I wasn't out there all the time. I did a lot of the home matches, the, the coaching. I was making my living teaching at the country club, but I was around the team for, for quite a long time, and I had always told Coach Tonic, hey, if the job ever opens, I'd love to be your assistant coach, and uh, 
time just kind of kept going by and it never it really happened. He had some assistance he was happy with, and then it just kind of all just fell into place. Uh, Majory Kerberg was the assistant coach, and she had a baby there that summer and um, was still planning on coming back. Uh, but, but then kind of late September hit, the season had already started, and then she told Coach Ponting, hey, I just want to focus on being a mom for now. And, uh, yeah, it was just great. I was there right down the street, and uh, it was kind of a, a easy hire, I guess, uh, with the timing of it all. I was available and uh, ready to get going. So I, I was uh, – Coach Klein, I eventually uh, – quit working at the tennis club and um, yeah, I just kind of made the smooth transition in to Texas A&M. And uh, I, I was coach Connick. He was assistant coach for four years and I learned a whole lot uh, for him, from him. He was a great man and uh, really, really good with the team harmony, team chemistry aspect of it. I felt like I learned a lot uh, from him and um, yeah, we had some good years there. Unfortunately, he, he was let go there and uh, they hired Howard Joffe and uh, Howard came in, and, and I was still on, kind of helping with the transition. And the, the administration said, "Well, Howard, you know, the assistant coach hired. Uh, that's up to you. Obviously, Mark's here, and uh, we'd like for you to look at him." And uh, at the end of the day, uh, Howard and I just kind of hung out a few days, and I helped him with a few things. And uh, he just, yeah, Mark, it's a no-brainer. I want you to stay on. And uh, yeah, uh, you know, Howard and I pretty similar in ages he's a year older than me and uh we had similar playing backgrounds we didn't really know each other that well we knew each other's names so we didn't kind of have to get to know each other a while and uh yeah I was very fortunate to stay on and uh Howard did such a great job and uh yeah boom our second year on with Howard there we, we made the NCAA finals and uh we, we actually in my opinion, should have won that match. <laughs> we, we lost to Stanford 4-3 in the finals. Um, we uh, should have won the doubles point, and then uh, we at number one singles, we were up 6-0-3-0 against Nicole Gibbs at, at number one and lost oh, that wow. one. And then it came down to number two singles, where we were, we were up two on the third set at two against Christiane, uh, and then uh, didn't quite get it. We lost it 4-3, and... Uh, yeah, we had some great years, and two, Howard stayed on for two more years after that. We had two more top ten finishes, and, uh, yeah, I think with our success there, uh, the administration decided to keep me on. I know the girls really fought for me, too. They really wanted me as the head coach. So, yeah, I just kind of all just took its course. Hard to believe I just finished up my fifth season as the head coach now, my, my 13th paid season, and uh, – I guess it's over 20 years now of actually helping coach the women's tennis teams. So hard to leave time to fly in. Unbelievable. And I mean, like you kind of had the ideal situation. Not many people could probably be a volunteer assistant, which is unpaid for that long, but you had a nice job at the country club that allowed you to do that. Um, that was a perfect uh, setup for you to really sink your teeth into the college game as far as coaching. Um, and I mean, no one will ever say, uh, you know, no one has more love for the university than you do right now. I mean, this is where you played. This is where you coached at every level from volunteer to assistant to head coach. Um, you've had, you've, you've had a lot of success And 2017 was a, was a big year for your squad. I know you had big wins. You beat Georgia. Um, I think you beat Duke and Baylor as well, right? You reached the sweet 16 that year in the NCAA tournament. Uh, that, 
That's correct. Yes, that, that was my second year on as, as the head coach there. We, we beat number two Georgia at Georgia. Uh, that was the last match of the conference season. I remember Georgia was playing for the conference uh, tile, and uh, yeah, we kind of <laughs> ruined their day a little bit. But, yeah, that was a big win for us. They were number two in the nation, and uh, they came down to number two singles, and uh, Rattuja Bostele from India uh, clinched it for us in three sets. She's now on the pick up team with India and uh, yeah, she's ranked a hundred or so and doubles uh, right now. And actually just, she actually just got engaged there. And uh, yeah, we had a good win over Duke as well. They're obviously a powerhouse every year. We beat them at the national indoors. And then, you know, we upset our, our one of our rivals, Baylor at Baylor uh, on the road uh, to make the sweet 16. So that was a really good year. Uh, for us there and uh, we had a very very strong schedule that year had a very very good team and a very very difficult uh, schedule I I remember we were never dropped out of the top 20 all year in the rankings but we were actually in jeopardy of making the NCAA tournament that year we were 10 and 10 uh, going in the last few weeks against uh, we had still five top 20 teams to play on the road and uh, we actually got four of those Uh, it was just uh, a really a lot of close matches played. We for sure had the toughest schedule in the nation that year, I think. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, your record may not look, you know, eye-opening. Oh, my God, they're so dominant. But you're battle-tested. And whoever you're going to face uh, when you're playing for the highest of stakes, you, you're, you're going to be battle-tested and you're not going to be scared to go out and compete. So you got that. You just got to get in. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, we were able to. Uh, upset Baylor that year and make the sweep 16 and then uh, that was definitely a, a big highlight and then uh, the, the last season that we finished out obviously not this season that got canceled but the, yeah the season before that was a, a really kind of a breakthrough year in the sense of it was a whole new team there um, we, we had a very very young team we actually had the youngest team in the nation we had all freshmen and sophomore um, it was part of the we had the, I guess, the number one recruiting class in the nation for the fall and it ended up being the number two class for the spring. But, yeah, we were able to upset Texas at Texas again. We, we upset our big rival on the road once again in Texas to make the Sweet 16. And they had a great team that year and were definitely capable of probably going the whole way. So, and then – uh, obviously, anyone knows that Texas A&M knows about the big rivalry with Texas, so be able to do that there. And it was for sure awkward playing against my good uh, buddy Howard Joffe, and uh, you know that was it was um, definitely a, a good day for the Aggies there. Yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing. You look at in all sports, there's some coaches that have played there, been an assistant, and been a and now the head coach. It's rare. Um, it's, it's really special. I mean, your, your situation played volunteer assistant head coach. I don't know how many of those are replicated, but again, when you're recruiting someone and they talk about, and they ask you about the school, I mean, no one's going to love the school any more than you do. And uh, I know this year is just bizarre for everybody involved. And I know you were looking forward to get uh, rocking and rolling with your team, um, continue the successes that your program has had. And, um, I just, you know, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. I, I, I know it's, we're, we're hoping for a smooth 2020, 2021 uh, academic and athletic year. Hopefully there's not many too, too many, there, hopefully there's not too many starts and stops 
because uh, no one really wants that. And I wish you health, your your team health, and and everybody in the university healthy because it's going to be uh, some interesting times going forward here, Coach. Definitely be some interesting times. It'll it'll be interesting to see how you know the decisions are made going forward because obviously uh, players, the student athletes, and I'm sure even the coaches are you know they're going to get the virus unfortunately. So it'll be interesting to see how the decisions are made going forward. But yeah, we sure hope that we can get things back to normal or as close to it as as we can. I know we all miss sports and uh, we're ready to get back in action. For sure. Um, Coach, thanks for, thanks for doing this. This was a, uh, a fun conversation for me. Again, my favorite part of doing this is hearing everybody's journeys and, and everybody's journeys are different. And I get such a kick out of uh, talking with everybody and, and hearing their stories. And uh, thanks. This was fun. No, thanks so much for having me. This was a blast. No problem. Good luck, Coach. Thanks a lot.